0: Into another edition of the Sibling Rivalry podcast. We are back. It took a couple week hiatus. We had to, uh, God, I had a couple technical difficulties happen uh, and a couple of scheduling conflicts, but we're back here and we're ready to take on week nine. Uh, we're going to be doing a little bit of a different formatting here in the last few weeks of the season, hopefully bringing you two episodes a week, shorter, shorter form episodes, as opposed to it all being packaged into one tight, neat little bow. It's going to be two episodes, two, you know, 30-minute episodes, 20, 30-minute episodes. So that's what this is. This is a week nine preview podcast. We're rolling guestless, due to wanting to give you the most premium content. We'll be back with guests next week. Really, honestly, Dad was supposed to be on the podcast. Our dad was, but he uh, flaked out last minute. He couldn't take the heat, so he got out of the kitchen. But let's get to the introductions. I'm Madison, joined as always by my brother Pierce. And uh, let's go. You want to just jump right into it?
1: We can do that. Uh, yeah. Talking about a nice, neat little bow. I think we're <laughs> we're both kind of figuring out. It's kind of tough to do a college football podcast when, in your case, you go to every game. I've been to a lot of games. This season. You work, <laughs> you know, Monday through Friday and you, you, you have football on the weekends and you're out of town. So it's been tough coordinating everything. So we're finding that out the, the, the hard way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're uh, we're going to bring it, like always.
0: Yeah, well, I'm excited. Well, before we jump into it, since we're not going to have a preview podcast, or I mean, a recap podcast, rather, uh, do you have any key takeaways from the last few weeks? Of course, the last time we recorded, I, I believe we were going into Week 7. So Week 7, Week 8 games, we haven't recapped at all. Any key takeaways? Of course, obviously, uh, you know, Georgia went down. Ohio State went down. Uh, am I missing anybody else?
1: Uh, not that I can... Well, I guess you could say Oregon lost. Oregon so,
0: lost. So, pac twelve is probably so. pac twelve
1: is is done. You can you can put it, take that to the bank. It they're they're out. I mean, unless you unless you want to put your money on Washington State, which I'm not willing to do. So yeah, no. Um, yeah. Uh, Georgia lost LSU. I I think you know the the public probably overreacted to that as Georgia fans and as just a college football fan. I think that was kind of the one game on the schedule that you circled and said, that could be a problem, that might be where the loss occurs. Um, I think we have confirmation that Tennessee, or I mean, sorry, Bama is just way better than everybody Unreal. else. yeah. And um, Ohio State coming back down to earth a little bit um, was very well, shocked about that one.
0: Urban Meyer is always good for one uh, egg laying game a season. You know,
1: it is kind of funny. And I and I talked to a couple Ohio State fans today, and they were just—I wouldn't say rattled, but they think it's all coaching. They are done, and and the events that have occurred over the last six months. Well, I really, about to say, getting into yep. the depths here, but you know, they have the talent there. So it's, it's, there is some disconnect. So it's funny to see the fans freak out like that at the first sign of failure. Um Clemson, not surprisingly dominates NC State. NC State's put on this pedestal that you think, okay, they're a legit team. They go into Death Valley in Clemson, South Carolina and get demolished. New, see, could see that coming. So Nothing crazy, to be honest with you. Um,
0: well, we'll touch on a good bit when yeah. we get into our picks. Of course, you know any team that's had some interesting things happen, we'll get into that. I uh, really wanted to touch really quickly. I don't want to get into the weeds with it, but had to touch on it really quickly because I I kind of called it. I didn't call it, but I, I made a prediction at the beginning of the season that Urban Meyer might be without a job at the end of this season, not because of the allegations and everything with the Courtney Smith, Zach Smith, whatever. But because now he's been put on the short leash, and a, a loss to Purdue looks a whole lot worse than if you're in good favor with your with your team. So uh, I think that that to touch on your little, you know, they're blaming it on coaching. Yeah, well, because it's easy for him to be the scapegoat right now. You, where you know, it's the same thing. Look at look at Auburn. I mean, Auburn's just been floundering. Uh, you know, they got
1: a big win last week. I, I did. I actually thought Ole Miss was going to demolish them just because. Uh, well, and, and that's the funny thing. Like. When you get too into the into the weeds, you're kind of like, well, Ole Miss can put up points. Auburn can't. They've got the better talent than Ole Miss, but Ole Miss is home. Sure. And then Auburn goes out and does what the you know they do what they do, and you kind of go, okay, I should have seen that coming. So a lot of a lot of funky stuff, um, a lot of funky stuff has happened. But at the end of the day, I think when we sit back and Really think about it, we go, well, that makes sense. I can kind of yeah. see all that falling into place.
0: One coach who's feeling pretty good now is, you know, since we last talked, Nebraska's gotten their first win under Scott Frost, taking down P.J. Fleck and the Minnesota Golden Golfers. Uh, so good for them. But uh, yeah, I mean, some interesting stuff, you know, uh, if you look back, uh, again, uh, uh, more We're not going to pick Arizona State at all this week. We've been picking them a lot, but, um, you know, they've lost several games by one touchdown. Uh, You've got Notre Dame, who continues to be undefeated. There's a lot of interesting implications coming down, and so we're sorry that we've missed a couple weeks and not giving you content, but we're back, and we're hopefully going to be able to deliver two episodes a week. So little bite-sized nuggets as opposed to the full meal. All right. Without further ado, though, let's go ahead and get into our picks for the week. Uh, let's
1: get ready to rumble!
0: We're going to start off with our ACC matchups that we're going to look at. This first game is near and dear to my heart. I know that we're going to lose, but Clemson at Florida State. Of course, being a Florida State fan, you know this is the kind of game that usually you'd get hyped for but with Clemson favored by 17 points on the road, just kind of shows you exactly the indication of Florida State's season thus far. Uh, last game for both of these teams, Clemson, like you alluded to earlier, Pierce took down number 16, well, not number 16 anymore, NC State uh, in dominating fashion, and FSU beat Wake 38-17 uh, to 17 at home. Uh, Clemson, of course, is ranked number two in the nation. Florida State needs two more wins to retain their bowl streak. But Clemson has beaten Florida State for the last three years. They're seeking number four. I think they get it done. I really do. Um, do they do it by 17 points is the question. I want to hear your thoughts on that, and then I'll give mine.
1: So the easy, easy answer would be Clemson. Yes, they easily cover the points. I'm going to throw a little curveball on this one. I'm going to take FSU. FSU. Plus the sixteen and a half. I'm sure it's at seventeen, which is the number I'd like it to be. Well, at. Well, that's what we're picking with seventeen. Yeah, seventeen. Okay. I, I I saw sixteen and a half. So whatever it's at, I I think coming off a big weekend like Clemson had at home, um, it's a little bit of a letdown spot for them. They're going to uh, a, a tough place to play, um, regardless of the outlook on the team. You know, and FSU struggled out of the gates, but they're they're showing some some signs of life and. That's intriguing for me and I think that that 17 is too much to give a team that's starting to feel themselves and especially you put a freshman quarterback um, on the road you know I, I it's a sleepy game as well it's just kind of one that's hard to get up for so I like FSU with the points
0: but what about Clemson's running game is my question for you?
1: well it's I mean it's great. You mean greater. right? But that's what
0: I'm saying is you're saying oh well the quarterback you know because of the quarterback being a freshman on the road blah blah. blah. But you look here at it and Florida State had Cam Akers, everybody was high on him coming into the season, and he's only had uh 460 yards on 101 carries, three touchdowns, whereas Etienne has uh over. 800 yards and 14 TDs. I mean, it's just one of those things where you look at the matchup right there and you think, I don't care about the quarterbacks because Giandre uh, Francois is floundering. Trevor Lawrence could go in there and just croak, but I don't think Florida State's stopping Etienne at all.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I can't disagree with that. I think when... Um, it's tough because I don't think FSU's going to win.
0: Right, but 17 but points, yeah. I, I do yeah.
1: think, yeah, and and when you have a good running team, it's tough. I mean, if, you, if they break FSU's will like certain teams in the SEC won't name names but <laughs> like to do they break the other's will and so you you you're prone to teams laying down and and giving up long touchdown runs you know late in the game and being spread busters i don't think this is i think the run will keep it closer and i think FSU will have a couple of plays where they you know have some light and they have some confidence and that running game will end up lending itself to the 17 points. Okay. That's that's my hope.
0: Okay. So you like Florida State then uh, to, you know, hold off the Clemson Tigers enough to cover that spread. Um, here's my thing with this. As a Florida State student, I can tell you right now, or a former Florida State student rather, there's no love lost between these two teams. Uh, you know, there a lot of times this game would be the deciding factor of who goes to the ACC championship. It's kind of – the ACC's for years been lopsided – uh, you know, towards Clemson and Florida State. Florida State's having a down couple years here, but because of the rivalry, you know, matchup and everything like that, Clemson's going to be riding high. They're going to want to stick it to the Seminoles, and I just think it's going to be too much for them to hold off, and, and you know, obviously they're not going to, I don't think they're going to win. I already alluded to that, but uh, I think Clemson gets it done easily. I think 17 points is laughable. Uh, I'm Give me the Clemson Tigers. So you take Florida State. I'm taking Clemson. We will see how that goes down. That's our uh, first ACC game we're picking. The second ACC game we're going to be picking is number 22, NC State. The Wolfpack taking on Syracuse in New York. Uh, You know, this last game for NC State was less than ideal. They went into Clemson and they got absolutely codswalloped. But then you've got uh, Syracuse, who's had an interesting couple of last games as well, had to go to overtime and then ultimately lost to Pitt. Uh, And then last week, double overtime win versus UNC uh but you know it's just one of those things where it'll be interesting to see if NC State should be able to rebound or if Syracuse is going to get tired of all of that you know having to grind it out towards the end and they will be able to put up a fight at all uh this game what is a line on this game two and, a half. two and a half Syracuse is favored by two and a half points so pretty close uh people are liking uh NC State or uh, I'm sorry rather the um I'm seeing that a lot of people are actually favoring Syracuse in this, though. They're picking Syracuse, especially with the line at two and a half points. I think I have to agree with that. Um, I think that NC state is reeling a little bit from that loss and to go into Syracuse and play in that uh, arena or the dome rather. I don't think they get it done. I think that Syracuse easily wins outright.
1: I want, man, I've, I've actually, while you've been speaking, I've flipped my pick twice in my head. Um, you know, I, I really, I really want to go Syracuse. I think that they actually have a scrappy team, and they have some players that can play some good ball, some high level ball. But I, at the end of the day, I think if NC State can get over the hangover of playing a big game and getting smashed, I think they'll cover this spread. So I'll take NC State. I'll be the, uh, I'll be the uh, outlier and and take NC State minus two and a half.
0: All right, well there you go. It will be interesting both these teams have played Clemson, uh, you know, like I said, uh, both of them at Clemson as well. Uh, NC State getting absolutely demolished whereas Clemson uh, I'm um, sorry, Syracuse, you know, it, it kind of had to grind it out. Granted they played Syrac- or Clemson played without Trevor Lawrence in that game, but it will be interesting to see if the results versus Clemson are in the indication of how this game is going to go. Uh, so, I don't know, interesting. All right, let's move on from the uh, ACC into the Pac 12. I know this is your favorite topic of all time, but we'll, <laughs> we'll kind of go through kind of fast. Number 14, Washington State Cougars off of their win versus Oregon. Their historic win, if you will. First time ever that game day visited them are going to be going into California to take on the Stanford Cardinal number 24. Uh, Stanford's last game was at Arizona State. They win by, a, like I alluded to earlier in the game or earlier in the podcast, the win by a touchdown 20 to 13 uh, versus the fighting Herm Edwards. You uh, it, I think that this is going – it's going to come down to the same thing with the last game, but in a different way. Is Washington State going to have kind of that, like, wow, we had this emotional win versus Oregon, everybody was so hype, and now we got to play a good – you know, a Stanford team that's kind of been iffy this year. You know, it kind of is – are they going to be able to get over their side of the hangover, Uh, you know, a good hangover to have, but are they going to be the ton- kind of team that comes in after a win like that and uh, can't get it done? I want to hear your thoughts, and then I'll give you mine. I went first last time. I
1: was was anticipating your uh, pick. I got to think. I got to think. So here's my take on this. Um, Obviously, the hangover effect can't bite anybody. Um, Washington State is not Alabama. So that scares me a little bit. Um, It's the typical offensive and defensive lines, the run game, and smash mouth versus the up-tempo attack in Washington State. I love this play. I love Stanford. Give me Stanford. Give me as much of Stanford as you can. Oh. The the Smash Mouth teams. And that's minus the three points. Three's not much. No, it's not. And I know that sounds crazy because when you look at their, if you take their resumes and you put them together side by side, they're probably very similar. But these are two very different teams, not only scheme-wise but also talent-wise. Give me Stanford, I almost want to make this my lock of the week, but give me Stanford minus three, you won't get them at a better price the rest of the year.
0: So uh, while you've been sitting there talking, I've been looking kind of at the stats here on ESPN. Uh, Interesting to note that total yards on the season, Washington State has 473, Stanford has 354 yards allowed, though. The Cougar defense is getting it done. 313 versus Stanford's 405. So on paper... Interesting. Yeah, on paper it would favor the Washington State Cougars. Uh, You know, but most people are anticipating what you're anticipating and they are saying, hey, hangover effect. They got really hype for the Oregon game. There's no way they're going to be ready. I don't know. They get three points on this? Are you kidding me? I think that they they should be easily... I mean, they're the dog. They're the underdog. And I don't know why. I think that I do they win? I don't know, but three points. It's not a lot, but I think this comes down to a couple points. I'm taking Washington state. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm taking Washington state. I'm not, I'm iffy about it. It's my iffiest pick so far, but, uh, you know, because of the hangover effect, I really believe in that, but if anyone can get their team nice and motivated, it's Mike Leach.
1: Good point. Um, Interesting little wrinkle you've added to this segment because being, well, I don't want to come out and say it, but the easy peasy plays of the week hate to hate to be on the public side all the time. Public typically loses, so I don't know what these numbers you're you know who's favorite who where that's coming from. If that's from a, I, well, I assume just, it's kind of a public perspective. So that yeah. scares me because it makes me think. Well, what? If the public normally loses what's what do they know I don't i you think, know what I mean, so yeah, I like i, I, I oh are know. you
0: switching it up now on me
1: no, no no, 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 not in this case I would be i'm I'm a little we've had two games back to back that are kind of similar in the way that you know the public and Um, the Sharps have been, you know, throwing the money at it in these small lines, so it's it's interesting. I'm I'm gonna stick with my Stanford pick. I love Stanford this week. So Uh. let me
0: let me kind of get you where I think that the public's coming from, even though, you know, you've got Washington State who's ranked higher in the A P poll and you know, they're coming off first off that win and on paper they look better than Stanford. I think that it's kind of one of those things where, you know, it's the same thing. Like Kentucky's having a good year, but people are gonna bet against Kentucky because well, it's Kentucky, and at some point it's gonna kick in. It's Washington State, and at some point it's gonna kick in versus Stanford, who's been pretty good for the past decade. So I think that's kind of where it's coming from. That's a good point. Um, but again, like the hangover effect is also uh, uh, something to notice here in this matchup. All right, another. Oh, that's it for Pac-12. Actually, sorry. Uh, moving on good. to <laughs> moving on to the Big Twelve. Well, they're not going to have any other playoff. I mean, there's no playoff team. The Big Twelve's
1: garbage too.
0: As well, exactly. These two conferences, we pick. I only picked one game from each because I want to hit every single conference and every single week. Yeah. But these two conferences are just. I mean, I, well, I say that you could. Texas still has a shot. As does Oklahoma.
1: Texas does, and that's the funny thing. I was going to bring that up. You you stole my thunder, but I. It's so funny. I'm I'm thinking back to, just what three or four weeks ago when TCU and Ohio State played. and
0: That was opening weekend. No, was no, it not? no, 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 no. Oh, that wait, was, no that was, I think it was week three or it four. It was week three because I was actually um, home for that.
1: Because Urban Meyer was still suspended, but it was his last game. Yeah, week three. So, And it's funny because I was watching that game in a bar in in, a remo- in Chicago and just thinking to myself, and I was sitting amongst a bunch of Ohio State fans who were so, you, you could tell they were nervous and at the same time, they were getting so fired up, and I was fired up too, and I understand every aspect of it. But it's so funny looking back and going, and as TCU alum, I go, TCU is awful. Yeah, I mean they're they're, they're, they're trash, and to think that Ohio State really didn't, they didn't win with the conviction that a top four team should against a bad opponent in a neutral site game. It's it's kind of like it scares me a little bit. So I think the Big 12 is bad, and it's funny because Texas, you know, loses that first game, and, they're, and oh, and Texas is, you know, not back. And now Texas has gone on their run, and they've beaten USC. They lost to Maryland, remember? Yep. On the road. And that was like a, a horrible loss. And now they've beaten USC. They've beaten TCU. They've beaten Oklahoma, and it's kind of like, is Texas back? Texas might be the best chance, probably is the best chance for the Big Twelve to have a representative.
0: Well, they got to get through this next team.
1: They do, which
0: brings me to this: the 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 pick. Um, Texas, of course, they dropped the first game uh, versus Maryland at Maryland, but since then have gone uh, on an absolute tear through the Big Twelve, taking down opponents left and right. Uh, number six in the nation. Their last game, uh, like I said, they're coming off a bye week actually, but the week before that, week. What is this? Seven I guess it was. They played Baylor and uh won 23 to 17. They're taking on Oklahoma State. The Cowboys have had a little bit of a rough go in the past few weeks. They lost to Texas Tech, they beat Kansas, but it's Kansas. Then they lost to uh, Iowa State at home, and then they went on the road to Kansas State, a or, or pitiful Kansas State this year, and lost 31-12. to So all signs would point to is Texas. Is that our guest picker calling you? Yeah, right. I don't know if the podcast can hear that or not, but our home phone just rung. Um, yeah, so I don't know. We'll see if Texas is able to still get it done it's a little bit of the, the same thing, like what I was talking about with Washington State. While Texas is a perennial power, there's somebody who's been good in the past, and you know normally you would always go, well, it's Texas, duh. It's you know, an al- it's the Alabama with the big, uh, Big Twelve. But they've been so bad for the past few years that nobody wants to pick them. Nobody really likes them. So even though they're playing a struggling Oklahoma State team, it's on the road in Boone Pickens Stadium. So I just don't know if you know, pe- or, or rather, people are saying, I don't know if they get it done. The line is what's this line? Plus, Oklahoma State's getting three and a half points. (laughs) Oklahoma State's really hungry. Uh, As far as you know, on paper, they they match up pretty well. Um, You know, I I'm gonna go Oklahoma State.
1: I like it. Um, I can tell you this right now. This is the first week, the of the entire of the whole season thus far. I'm either going to get nine picks right or I'm going to have my first losing week because I got to take Texas here. I feel like all my picks thus far have been I'm either playing the smart side or I'm playing the risky side. I, I just feel like I'm limboing here. And it's, I got to go with the team that I've seen more of as far as more on the field and production and, and wins and results in Texas. Tough that they're playing in Pinn-Pickin Stadium. But at the end of the day, if this Texas team is as good as their resume says, and that, and from what I've seen, I think they can cover a, a three-and-a-half point spread even though they're on the road in a tough environment against a, a decent opponent. You know, they're not as good as in years past. but
0: So you, I think this is going to come down to who can ones. outpace who. So you're thinking Texas can outpace Oklahoma State because Oklahoma State can can get it done offensively.
1: I think Texas is going to use the – I think Texas is going to control the ball. That's what they've got to do. Okay. They don't want to get in a shootout with Oklahoma State. That's not a good thing. But at the same time, Texas can score. Right? You saw that in the Oklahoma game. I don't think Oklahoma State, I mean, hey, if you think someone in the Big 12, I mean, even you could argue TCU's defense over the last 10 years has been good. But if you think there's a good defense in the Big 12, you are, wake up, you're, you're just wrong. That's fair. So, I, I got to go with just the, the team that I think is a little bit better here, and that's Texas, and I think I've seen more from them. Got to go with K- Texas. If this line was more seven, I'd be really worried. Okay. But I think Texas uh, gets it done here. even. Three though, and a half points. Yeah, you like them. I'll All right. take them. All
0: right. You'll take them.
1: I think we've been... Different on every pick I'm thus far? I'm
0: pretty sure, which is the way I like it because it means that I'm doing something right.
1: All right. This might be the big week for you. <laughs> this,
0: this could potentially be a big week for me. All right. Um, moving on to the Big Ten Purdue at Michigan, uh, or sorry, Michigan State, rather. I stopped my sentence early. Michigan State. Uh, Purdue coming off of that big win versus Ohio State, 49 to 20. Michigan State, their last game, they went down in their most heated rivalry. Twenty-one to seven versus Michigan at home. Not uh, no love lost between those two programs. That's for sure. Um, you know, another one of those is it a hangover moment factor? You got Purdue going on the road to Michigan State. Michigan State's pissed off because they just lost their biggest rival. You've got Purdue who had to really get you know emotionally pumped up to beat Ohio State. I don't know why this is even a, a you know a, a discussion. The line is what's the line here? I think one and a half. One no, I've got I got Michigan State giving two and a half. That's wow, not so it's changed. okay. So it's changed. Well, give me Michigan State all day, every day.
1: That means people are take at least the money's coming in on Purdue. Um, which yeah, because they're the hot
0: pick right now. But do you, I mean, I'm well, telling you right now, there's no way Michigan State goes back to back Michigan and then Purdue.
1: What do the numbers say as far as who's? What do your fancy schmancy numbers machine have? Who's siding with who in this one as far as the public is concerned?
0: Oh, I don't have exact ones for this, but I mean, ESPN's FPI matchup predictor has Michigan State favored or a possibility of winning 57.1% uh, versus Purdue 429 So, I mean, it's it's as even as you can potentially get for a game like this. I mean, usually if, if all that didn't if Purdue didn't beat Ohio State last week and Michigan State hadn't lost, this is totally, totally, we wouldn't be picking this game because it would be totally lopsided. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you would know better with lines and stuff like that The money's coming in on Purdue. I argue that's because they're the hot pick because they just took down Ohio State, not necessarily because people think they're going to do well, but because they think, hey, Purdue, look, maybe they're the hot team right now. Uh, I, I, you know, It is interesting to note here, speaking numbers, you know, offensively, Purdue has 514 yards on the season, but... Michigan State's only has allowed 355. Uh so it's interesting to see, you know, a you know, relatively good defense going up against a pretty good offense. So I don't know who you would pick there, but again, I'm going Michigan State just because I don't think it happens at home, two games in a row, lose to your biggest rival and then lose to Purdue.
1: I will say this, the only thing that I have to I have to add to your commentary on this game is Michigan State can can have a hangover effect as well coming off a big rivalry game getting up for it it's such a big deal. So I think when you have two kind of sides playing with that that fine line there, I'm going to take the side that that has the talent and and typically, you know, gets it done on the line of scrimmage and that's that's Michigan State. This is kind of a this is actually one where I want to throw the another one I want to throw the lock of the week. I think it's an overreaction to what Purdue has done. Do I think they're moving in the right direction? Yes, they're starting to get some decent recruits, some highlight, you know, some some that are actually playing in the Army All American game and these All Star games and whatnot. So good, good on them. But after beating Ohio State the way they did, Michigan State's gonna be pissed off. Michigan State's home, one and a half is a joke. Two and a half. Two and a half. Michigan State will get it done pretty easy.
0: Okay, so you are agreeing with me. Yes, first okay. one. Okay, first one we've agreed so far. I thought you were going Purdue when you first started off that pick. All right. Um staying in the Big Ten. We've got number 18 Iowa at number 17 Penn State. The last game that these both both these teams had was uh Iowa beat uh, Maryland 23 to nothing at home, and Penn State beat Indiana 33-28. to 28. In Bloomington, uh, you know, interesting to note that Penn State kind of has that, uh, you know, factor where they play down or up to their opponent. They play in Ohio State and they almost get it done, but then they play in Indiana and you're looking at the box score and you're going, wait, yep. what the heck? So it's definitely an interesting thing to note. And It's one of those things where if you're monitoring, if you care about coaches on hot seats, that's certainly something. I mean, that's basically what got Rick ousted at uh, Georgia. Is that we played down to our opponents versus and you know up to our opponents. So we'd go into an Auburn and go, We're the best team and then the next week we'd play in Georgia Tech and look pitiful. It, it's
1: so funny. It's such a ridiculous saying, but it actually the last couple years, or last year I guess, technically, with Kirby Smart at the helm, you kinda understand the saying of good teams win, elite teams cover the spread. Elite teams have played to a standard, and I'm going to go Iowa here. Should Penn State cover? Yes. Should they cover easily? Definitely. But I'm going to say, based on what you just said, the Mark-Rick kind of ordeal where they play to the level of their competition, Iowa doesn't bring that weight with them, even though they're a, a very good football team. I think Iowa State will cover this and might pull off the upset in Happy Valley. You watch out.
0: Okay. So you're picking Iowa. Of course, I forgot to mention the line there. Penn State is giving seven or six and a half points. So, uh, yeah, that's a whole touchdown. I mean, I don't really have anything to say. I think I said it all when I said the play to your opponent factor uh interesting to note against the spread Iowa is 6 and 1 and Penn State is 4 and 3 that just adds to my uh, both of our arguments I'm agreeing with you give me the Iowa Hawkeyes they're kind of team that can ruin your season not that Penn State needs any help in that situation uh but uh I think that I think the Hawkeyes get it done so, at least uh, at least against the spread
1: I am so sorry to the Iowa Hawkeyes fans because the fact that we just agreed on an underdog like that means that Penn State is going to roll.
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> any, t- any team I pick is guaranteed to lose. So apologies, especially apologies to this next team that I'm picking. Tennessee, oh, we're moving into the SEC, by the way. Tennessee at South Carolina. <laughs> um, the last T, or I'm sorry, the spread on this game <laughs> is... Minus seven and a half points. So South Carolina is giving seven and a half points. The last games these two teams had, I mean, I almost feel bad reading this one because of course Tennessee is going to lose in the third o- weekend in October. It always happens, uh, especially in the last few years. Of course, that team is Alabama, and they lost 58 to 21 in Neyland Stadium. South Carolina lost uh, a nail biter to. Well, not. I guess it wasn't really a nail biter. They kind of scored a garbage time TD, uh, but it still was one of those things where it was anybody's game, I guess, if you really stretch the truth. Uh, Texas A&M uh, 26, South Carolina 23, and then they had a bye week. Sorry, they had a bye week last week. I missed over that part. It's been a while, people. We're a little rusty. Um. So, Pierce, what are your thoughts here on our first SEC matchup we're picking? Tennessee or South Carolina?
1: I am going to take South Carolina, but it's tough. I think Tennessee's improving. I think last week you can throw out the window because you could see it coming it was fun and a little bit odd being at a watch party for a team that i'm not a fan of um and that being tennessee volunteers and seeing their fan base i, I couldn't wait to gauge how many you know who was on what side where were they going to be optimistic? Could they? Did they actually think that they were going to have a chance to win? Or Someone
0: threw a watch party for the third weekend in October.
1: Well, it's still a big rivalry game. So, but it was yeah, funny. But so come on, we had a
0: sheet. It's like throwing a pregame for your funeral.
1: I know, I know. Well, it's funny. That's so what I'm getting to is we had a sheet where we had everybody that walked through the door. So it ended up being like 30 people, 30 plus people pick. Not only who would win, but the score, and the closest one wins. And even at, there wasn't a single UT fan that picked the falls, and there wasn't a single UT fan who picked the falls to be within fourteen points, so they all knew it was coming. It was sad to see it the optimism or or maybe the slight optimism is probably the better word or fra or term
0: it's called desperation
1: yeah that left the room within two minutes of the game starting, so that was tough but. Um, I'm going to go South Carolina here coming off a bye week. They're not good, man. This is tough. They're not good, but playing off the bye playing at home, given the record of teams coming off of games against Alabama, it's not good. Teams get beat up when they play Alabama. I'm going to go South Carolina on my seven and a half. I think they win this one. Give me a late field goal or touchdown, kind of like they did last week, to win by 10 or 13 to cover this spread.
0: Both of these teams have had lackluster seasons. I mean, Tennessee was expected to have a lackluster season, but South Carolina maybe thought they ha- would have something going, um, you know, with Jake Bentley and Devo Samuel. Uh, but it's really been a little bit iffy at best. Uh, I have got to say that I want to pick Tennessee here. Um don't know if I can do it, though. It's in williams Bryce Stadium. Uh, you know, it's a tough place to play. There's no way for Tennessee to get hyped up enough, in my opinion. Eight points, I mean, that's a, a lot for South Carolina to handle. But I think they get it done by 10, at least. So I'm going to go South Carolina on this, mainly because, again, I don't care how hype you get. Tennessee's not good. And they, it's not like they're coming off of this. We're pissed off cause we lost Alabama. They they don't care. It's what's the Scott Frost thing he said? It looks like they like losing. There's t- people on Tennessee sideline that look like they just kinda like losing. Because it's all they've known and they're just kinda like, Well, we're losing. Not gonna really do anything about it.
1: So It's so ironic too, because South Carolina, that's the epitome of their of their program. Well,
0: I'm not saying that they're perfect.
1: <laughs> I mean
0: I'm not saying they're perfect, but there's something to be said about your playing at home. Uh, you know, I think this game is a night game. Yeah, it's a 6.30 kickoff. You're at home. You've got the Sandman stuff or Sandstorm stuff. I think it's going to be hype with South Carolina. They they know that they could potentially win this game. So oh. I'm going to take South Carolina.
1: Yep, love it. All right. Love it, love it.
0: Okay, uh, next game, Tex- moving to the other side of the SEC, number 16, Texas A&M taking on or going into Mississippi State Bulldogs territory. Um, the spread on this game is... God, I should have put this in order. I apologize, two people. Two and a half. Two and a half. Mississippi State giving, giving two and a half points. Texas A&M, like we already said, is coming off of that win at South Carolina, 26-23. to Mississippi State – um, well, actually, sorry. Texas A&M is coming off a bye week, but before that, they beat South Carolina in Williamsburg Stadium. Mississippi State, last game, went to LSU and lost 19-3. to Um I, I want to hear your picks on this first or your thoughts on this first.
1: Oh, you would. I'm sorry. I, I
0: I've been going first a lot of these.
1: This yeah, this uh, this one's a game where I I don't feel good about either side to be honest with you. Um I like the talent that Mississippi State has um on D-line and I've watched them a couple games this year. They on paper they should be really good. But you just went in, I mean, I I didn't watch the full game, but you just went in and put up a three spot against LSU. And that's not your first loss. And A M and uh, give me A&M. Give me A&M plus two and a half. I don't feel good about either pick. So I'm just going to pick the, the team that I think can score. And in this case, it's A&M and Mississippi State. We'll probably win by 15 to 20, but (laughs) at the end of the day, I have no idea in this one. They're both middle of the line teams and it's kind of like, yeah, you could flip a coin.
0: Yeah. I mean, the thing that I like about Texas A&M is they can get it done through the air uh, and on the ground. Whereas Mississippi state, if you can stop their run game, particularly Nick Fitzgerald, they're one dimensional. They, they, they can't do anything about it. Um, Looking right here on paper, Texas A&M on the season has uh, only allowed seventy-eight yards.
1: How about the weakest Heisman campaign ever, being Nick Fitzgerald? Or you know, oh, it's done-zo. at the beginning of the year and all off season. It was Nick Fitzgerald. This can he win the Heisman? Oh, Nick Fitzgerald for Heisman. What is that? That dude hasn't done anything all year.
0: Yeah. Well, it's it started strange. off It started off with him getting suspended for what, the first two games? First game, first two games?
1: I can't remember. Maybe but it's was, a Will Greer situation. Maybe he was on a little bit of the juice juice.
0: I don't remember what it was. I think he missed like a study session or something. And uh, Jim Moorhead was trying to, or Joe Moorhead, whatever, was trying Joe. to, c- Coach Moorhead <laughs> was trying to lay down Maybe. the law. Uh, I didn't, uh, listen, I missed up Jim and uh, Joe yeah. when we had Jeff Prifty on here. He called Nick Bosa Joey Bosa. I didn't catch it, but his dad pointed it out to me at the tailgate the next week. <laughs> he was like, "Joey Bosa, who was that?" Um, so, anyways,
1: <laughs> happens to the best of us.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Because of what I what I was talking about earlier with the you know whole the fact that Texas AM's Texas A M has been pretty good against the run this year. Mississippi State is lackluster through the air. Nick Fitzgerald's not a good passer. He's a Tebow type. So, I am taking. Texas A&M, all day, every day. Under Jimbo Fisher, the line's only two and a half points. Are you kidding me? That's easy money.
1: Great point there. Um, If this was Texas A&M of old or of the last 10 years, yeah, you want to go to the Sumlin regime, you want to go back even further, it doesn't matter. I say Mississippi State wins this game. A road environment will be too tough and there will be mistakes and whatnot, but a Jimbo Fisher-led Texas A&M team, they've got talent give me i mean a and m i think that's that's the play i feel even better now that you said fisher jimbo fisher that's all i need to hear
0: <laughs> all right well i mean he uh, broke my Again, heart a little sorry, bit but it's Texas okay A&M. it's okay Leave an FSU the way he did. It's fine. All right. uh, Staying in the SEC, moving back to the East, Kentucky at Missouri. Kentucky, of course, coming in number 12 in the nation. The line on this game is Missouri giving seven points. Again, I don't know. Is there something people don't know? Because I thought last time I checked, Kentucky was like a relatively good team. And now we're having Missouri favored. I get they got Drew Locke, and, you know, I don't know. It's just interesting to me. Anyways, I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, first up, hold on really quickly. Last game, Kentucky took on Vanderbilt and won 14-7. Missouri dominated Memphis, but it was Memphis. That game, of course, the final being 65-33. to So your thoughts on this one, then uh, I'm going to go ahead and give mine.
1: This one's even worse than the last game. I have no idea. You want to flip a coin for me? Yeah. Every time I take Kentucky... To cover the points they look they barely win last week was a snooze fest I, I have no idea I really don't so I'm that, gonna go ahead and I'm gonna say
0: what's the line again uh, Missouri's giving seven but hold up before you say something it's interesting because you've got a very pass happy offense in Missouri versus a dominating run game with Kentucky. So it's going to come down to, you know, both offenses are effective. It's just going to come down to which defense you think is better. So I'm going to let you marinate on that one, which, I mean, before you make your pick here.
1: Because they're getting seven and a half, I'm going to side with Kentucky. Um,
0: Just seven flat, by the way.
1: Oh, seven flat. Okay. Still, Still take the points with Kentucky. I can see this one going either way. I could see Missouri dominating. I could also see Kentucky winning by seventeen. I, I'm going to go with Kentucky. I just think again, a ground game that's been through some tough tests will it can with you know stand the test of time against a Missouri team who's they're good. They're actually better than I thought they'd be this year. But um, I don't. I don't know if this is going to be a shootout. I don't think, I think, they, I think no. we'll be surprised at the end of the day. I'm not saying Kentucky true. I think it could be very
0: winning. low scoring, actually.
1: And, and that lends itself to the to the seven points. Yeah. So I'll, I'll take Kentucky.
0: Okay. Um, I want Kentucky to win because we're going to be going to Lexington the next weekend to watch Georgia take on the Wildcats. So for interesting purposes or for national hype purposes, I would rather Kentucky win. Um, you know, it'd be more fun that way. Uh, I don't know. I think that Missouri I, – I really like Drew Locke. I really like Drew Locke. Um, I think he's going to be playing on Sundays and, and pre- potentially be a pretty high draft pick. The question is, do I think they get it done versus Kentucky – you know what, just because I want them to win, I don't I don't know if I necessarily... You know what, they're getting seven points. Yeah, give me Kentucky. They're getting seven points. Uh, yes, it's in Missouri, but that's not necessarily a potentially potent place to play. Um, I, again, I like Drew Locke, but I like Benny Snell more. Give me Kentucky seven points. Are you kidding me? They're going to cover that all day long. I don't know if they win, but I think that they cover that spread. All right, the marquee matchup of the week. It's one of ours. I'm sure we'll go on this... Go on about this game for far too long. Uh, number nine, Florida, and number seven, Georgia, meeting in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party in Jacksonville. Uh, last game, both of these teams come off a, coming off of a bye week, but the last games that they played, uh, Florida went into Vandy, and, uh, you know, interesting one there. We haven't talked about that one, but, you know, you get a bench-clearing brawl between Todd Grantham and Derek Mason, you know, yelling at each other. De- uh, Dan Mullen gets a little involved. Uh, they end up winning that game. But to go into Vandy and barely, you know, it looked pitiful in my opinion. Whatever. <laughs> it, it is what it mess. is. But on the other side of the coin, you got a really pitiful performance by Georgia. They went into LSU and got absolutely dominated. I was at that game sitting three inches from the midday sun. It sucked. Um, I have no desire to ever go to Baton Rouge again because I was just so pissed off at the dogs. Um, so two two teams that really need a win here, uh, and, and this is, of course, a huge rival for both of them. Uh, Georgia is giving six Six. and a half points. So I want to hear your thoughts on this one, Pierce, or, or you want me to go first? I'll take it. All right, you take it.
1: I am going to instill some optimism back into the Georgia fan base. This is a very easy win for the dogs. In my opinion, yes, you saw Florida beat LSU who just manhandled the dogs, but you got the bye week. You get back to a, it's a neutral site game. It'll be fifty fifty. Yes, it'll be intense. I'm a little worried about some of the young guys on the team. You know that had some missed some errors. We'll just we'll just leave it at that. Um, but at the end of the day, I, even though Florida upset LSU, I it was at home. They had already lost to Kentucky. You know, then they go into Vandy. They have a bye too. But it's just. I feel a little bit more confident in what the dogs bring to the table. I think Mullen's still a year or two away, even though he's got the talent. I don't think he's got the guys buying in necessarily or the pieces in place that he wants. Seven. I actually love this number. I think this number should – don't be surprised if Georgia wins by four touchdowns. Just, just don't. Four touchdowns. Just don't. I'm just saying. Hey, I'll eat my words if if we lose. I think the 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 worry from other fans makes me even more confident because last year it was okay. When's the when's the, you know when's the the pin gonna drop? When's the needle gonna fall? You know whatever whatever they're saying you you have. When when's this gonna you know when is it gonna turn south? Okay, well after the Auburn game we turned things back around and got things back on track. And even though we did lose one, it was kind of like, wow, this is a different feeling, different, you know, just different culture. I don't think that, that we'll go out there and lay an egg. I think we'll be fired up, ready to go help, you know, rested, healthy. Uh, And, and at the end of the day, I mean, I don't know. I, I, okay, here's here's really what it comes down to for me. Georgia lost sight of what they do best, and that's run the ball against LSU. Florida ran the ball as many times as they could against LSU, and that's what got them the victory, mm-hmm. which is kind of what I said or what I, my belief in why I thought Georgia would beat LSU. They decided to throw the ball a lot, which was dumbfounding. Um I think Georgia comes out and is more physical on the lines of scrimmage and and gets it done and and I, I at the end of the day if I feel better even though it's crazy saying this I feel better about from throwing passes and leading a team to victory than Felipe Franks. Oh, absolutely. There's and no so question that's there. That's what it comes down to for me because if you put the team's talents together it favors Georgia.
0: Sure. So here, yeah, no I don't think there's any doubt in the world that the talent leans heavily towards Georgia. I trust Jake from way more than Felipe Franks. Uh, Holyfield is a monster. He's averaging four and a half yards per carry after contact after contact. I mean, he's a beast, Um, you know, 65 carries and 488 yards and four TDs on those carries. Uh, But what I just, the leading number in that is what scares me. 65 carries the bell cow of your running attack which he is right now, should be having more than 65 carries on the season at this point. Way more. Way more. It's your point exactly? I'm not blaming everything on the coaches, but I worry that we're going to go in and we're going to get cute again. When you are in a game like this, you have got to stick to what is working. If we come out in the first quarter and the run game's working, keep running the ball. If I see one more story that says oh georgia's running attack inoffensive well it's not that it was in, or not sorry not inoffensive ineffective if i it's not that it was ineffective it's that we stopped doing it so yeah we didn't have many yards in the second half because we weren't running the ball so i say all that to say this georgia has burned me in the past when i've picked them this season so far against their spread they're 3 and 4 against the spread florida is 6 and 1 I think this is a very low-scoring game at the end of the day. I think that Georgia wins it, but do I think they do it by a whole touchdown? No. I think they win by, like, five or six. That's my thought on it.
1: I don't blame you for taking that that side. Kind of like the Kentucky-Missouri play, you know, points talk when you can't decide at the end of the day or when you think it's going to be a close one. I. It really does come down to the quarterback situation. And while you think from, oh, you know, he was awful last week, yada, yada, yada. What happened last week, yes, he missed some passes, but we were too predictable. It was throw on first down, run on second, if you run, and then it's throw on third. And that enables the defense to just pin their ears back, come at you on the D-line, drop back their DBs and and it was exactly the exact same feeling I had against Auburn last year where it was like you could call everything and from was a sitting duck Kirby said the exact same thing after last week after last year's loss to Auburn we need to get back to our identity and run the ball more we do that this week we pound Florida's heads in I'm I I feel really good about this I might just go throw a a grand on this game right now oh Georgia easy All right. Well, Felipe Franks is garbage. Okay. How's that guy going to lead a team over another top-ten team? If this was, you know, well, I almost said Kentucky, but they obviously already lost to Kentucky.
0: This was Tennessee.
1: (laughs) Well, it's funny. I I, want to say Vandy, too, but it was like... uh,
0: Again, if this was Tennessee.
1: (laughs) Yeah, okay. If this was Tennessee, Felipe Franks can be effective. But against a top-ten defense top 10 team I don't see I haven't seen it yet from Franks he's got a good arm yeah but he hasn't led his team in a big spot sure you could argue LSU but that was a little bit of a weird situation sure. there and a the sleepy sure. game so okay
0: well we'll we'll wrap this up we've been going almost an hour so much for the bite size episode did you prepare any easy peasy or are we letting you off the hook for that this week I did I okay. did go um, ahead hit us really quickly <laughs> easy peasy lemon squeezy money, money.
1: So my easy-peasy games of the week, these are the ones that I uh, highly suggest taking. Got a couple interesting ones this week. One Thursday night, so make, mark your calendars, put it in right now if you already are ready. But over 67, Baylor, West Virginia. West Virginia can't, can't stop anybody, but they can score with the best of them. Baylor's actually showing a little bit of, li- of life after being on life support last year. I think this game covers easy. I think this is more of like a 40, 40 something point West Virginia score to like a 20 point Baylor score. I think it covers, I think they probably total 75 plus to 80 is, okay. is my thought. Second game, Michigan State minus one and a half versus Purdue. Lock it in. That one's easy money, free money, overreaction to Purdue. Beating Ohio State, even though Ohio State we're kind of finding out is maybe not the best, or maybe not the team we thought they were. Michigan State at least can pound the rock and establish a line of scrimmage. Give me Michigan State minus one and a half. And then finally, throwing a massive curveball here. TCU at Kansas under 49. Yes, under. Wow. I took the I was stupid enough to take the under in the TCU-Oklahoma game last week. I'm going to do it again, this time at 49, which is an SEC over-under, because I think this is going to be such a pitiful game. It's going to be like 21-17. Okay. I think it's. I think you're going to be surprised, and it's not going to be because of the defenses. It's going to be because both offenses, both teams in general, just stink. Ooh. Those are my easy-peasy games of the week. Lock them in, win money, cash it in, take it straight to the bank.
0: All right. Well, there you go. That's the easy peasy games of the week. Not that we condone gambling, but if you were to gamble, those are the games Pierce is saying to put your butts on. All right. That is going to do it for this episode of the Sibling Rivalry Podcast. We'll be back hopefully like Sunday or Monday with our recap of week nine. And then we'll be back later on in the week with our week 10 look ahead. We're already at week nine and 10, Pierce.
1: I know. Someone said to me, um maybe I heard it on, on the radio or something. It's week eight. We're halfway through the season and it hit me. Oh my God, we are. We're halfway done. It's no more It's no more being excited that just football's here. It's now, okay, pick up your, your lunch pail and, and go to work. And let's, let's finish this out and finish the season how it started. We're on the back half. Going to be a wild finish. At the end of the day, though. I mean, who's going to beat Alabama? So I think it's kind of a fight to see who comes in second. Um, sure. So it'll be fun to see how things pan out and who gets into the playoff picture. I think this year might be more more fun as far as who's going to get into the playoff picture than any of the, of the last four or five, six years, however long the playoffs have been in existence. I can't even remember anymore.
0: I well, we'll have be to be monitor that. One. We'll have to. We'll have plenty of time to talk about that down the home stretch. But yeah, we're heading into the last weekend of October. So don't look, don't bleak now. The season is about to be over. So that's going to do it. Like I said, for the Sibling Robbery Podcast and my brother Pierce, I'm Madison. See y'all later. Stay blessed, y'all.